something to know about coaching. You don't have to be the expert in all things. Lee Shea McDonough, the founder of Coach with Clarity, sees visible relief on the faces of her clients when she shares this news. You are the expert in building nurturing relationships. You are the expert in asking powerful questions, she says. But you do not have to be the knower of all things, so lean into that grace. Are you looking for an extra boost of inspiration while you chase your dreams? It's not always easy to stay motivated while you're balancing a career and home life, but that's exactly what we're doing. My name is Dori Stewart, and this is the She Turned Entrepreneur Podcast. Around here, we like to talk about business, marketing, motherhood, and so much more. I've been called the teacher turned entrepreneur, which is totally true. I was working as a high school STEM teacher when I saw a need and came up with a solution. That idea became a business that I was able to build into a multi-million dollar global brand. Now I'm using the knowledge and experiences I've gained to show other women that they can do it too. Being an entrepreneur can be a lonely and intimidating road at times. Thankfully, you don't have to do this by yourself. It doesn't matter where you're currently at on the path. Having someone cheering you on makes a world of difference to get to the next step. I love that I can bring that to you here. If you're ready to build the life you've been dreaming of, stay tuned as we dig deep into what it takes to turn into a true entrepreneur. I am excited for you to meet my guest today. She is the founder of Coach with Clarity, a training and education company for life and business coaches. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Dory. I'm so happy to be here. Let's start off by sharing with the listeners your background and how that led you to entrepreneurship. Yes. So I am a social worker and public health professional and uh, was a licensed clinical social worker for, gosh, over 10 years. And I worked as a therapist. So my husband was in the Air Force for the first part of our marriage. And so we moved around quite a bit. And I found social work actually was quite a portable career. I did have some licensure issues because that varied state to state based on where we were. But once I got those sorted out, I was always able to find some sort of work. And so I look back at my career as a therapist and it's, it's pretty diverse. I did a lot of work with active duty members and veterans and their families, but I also worked as a social in a neonatal intensive care unit. I worked inpatient psych, outpatient psych. I worked in a children's psychiatric hospital. So I got a real breadth and depth of experience. Uh, and then in 2015, my husband got out of the Air Force. We had been stationed overseas in Europe for four years, which was wonderful. And we had at the time, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old who had essentially grown up in Germany. They didn't have a lot of memories of the United States outside the one time we came back to visit family. So I realized we had a really big transition ahead of us. My husband was leaving the Air Force. He was buying a dental practice. So he was becoming a small business owner in addition to serving as a periodontist. My kids were learning how to be Americans, transitioning into school. So I pressed pause on my career to help with that transition. And after about nine months, I started getting the itch to return to some sort of professional endeavor. But on some level, I knew that mental health was no longer my calling. I still wanted to show up and support people and serve, but I wanted to do so in a different way. And I didn't really know what that would look like. 
all while this is happening, my husband has bought this dental practice and he's learning how to manage both being the clinician who serves his clients and the business owner who has to take care of everything that goes into business ownership. There was a lot of on the job training, a lot of late nights, a lot of stress. And I started wondering what what's out there to support him through this. There's got to be something. And that's where I started learning about coaching and specifically business coaching. And that's when I thought, huh, I think I can do this. I think I can translate a lot of my skills and experience as a therapist into the world of coaching. So that's when I uh, enrolled in a coach training program. I received my coaching credentials. I spent a couple of years being a business coach, primarily for therapists and healthcare providers, I think because of my own background. But the more people I worked with, the more they would ask me, how did you become a coach? Do you think I could do this coaching thing? Can you help me with this? And that's when I started pivoting into the training and education side. And so now, while I still work with some one-on-one -on -one clients because I love one-on-one -on -one coaching and I never want to fully give it up, really the bulk of my work is on providing uh, accredited training programs for people who want to become coaches and who want to uh, get that International Coaching Federation credential or who want to maintain their credential. And so that's really at the heart of what we do at Coach With Clarity. Wow. So interesting. I, I love how the coaching industry over the last couple of years have really kind of become the norm of, you know, acceptable way of getting support when growing your business. And, you know, 10 years ago it was, oh, well, you got to go to business school. <laughs> so yes. I love that. Um, it's, it's kind of like everyone could use a business coach. I think so. I think it's really empowering too, because to your point, not everyone has the time, the space, the finances to go get an MBA or even take classes at your local community college, but to have someone who is specialized in both the strategy and tactics of running a business, but also the internal experience, the mindset piece, everything that goes on inside to have someone who's able to help you navigate all of that, I think is really powerful. And that's what drew me to coaching. I just, I just love it. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you said that you offer an accreditation or a certification. Talk to me about that. I do. So I have a certification program that is accredited by the International Coaching Federation. So anyone who is seeking to become a credentialed coach through ICF needs to complete a certain amount of training. Uh, and ideally from a program that is already accredited, because then, you know, you're getting quality education. It'll be approved when the time comes to apply for your credential. And so that's what I did about, about almost two years ago, started kind of planting the seeds and, um, getting everything in place. I actually started my first cohort right in the middle of the pandemic, not exactly the best time to start something new, but I think it was also a time where people were really seeking connection with other people and were really interested in both personal and professional growth and really wanting to figure out what does this next phase look like for me? So even though it was quite a chaotic time, I think it was also the perfect time to, to launch this. And it was, it was a wonderful initial round. Um, and so this is, this is a program that's near and dear to my heart. I'll be running my next cohort in the summer of 2022. And it's just a wonderful way to have an intimate gathering. I mean, I, I limit the number of people in my programs because when you're taking a coach training program, 
program, you do learn the skills of coaching. I mean, there, there is some content consumption, but so much of the magic comes from the practical application. So you are actually, you've got weekly coaching labs. You have partners where one of you is the coach and one of you is the client. So all of these things that you're learning, you also have the space to apply them. And it's a, it's a safe arena to practice, to, to try things out, to make mistakes and learn from them. And so that's what the certification is all about. And it's just, it's, it's just, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love teaching that program. That's amazing. I can tell you totally light up when you're talking about <laughs> it and it really sets you apart, you know, having that, um, you know, certified program you know, really sets you apart and then sets your students apart once they, you know, attain that goal. I love it. Thanks. I, I hope so. And, and I want to be clear that certification is one path for coaches. Mm -hmm. I will not sit here and say it is the only path or even the best path for every coach out there. My personal belief is that every coach benefits from coach specific education, but how they procure that education can look different coach to coach. So for some coaches, a full certification program is going to be the right choice for other coaches. Maybe it's more of a self-study program where you're reading books and listening to podcasts and allowing that to supplement training you've already received in another field for another coach. It might be working with a coach, having a mentor coach that provides some one-on-one -on -one support. So I think there are multiple paths to becoming a proficient coach. I think it's really important that each individual finds the path that will work for them. And certification is, is a valid, wonderful path, but it's not the only path. And so I'm, I really like finding that flexibility and, and helping people kind of match who they are and what they're looking for with the right path. Interesting. And so you want to coach people who, um, who are going to be successful, who really want to be successful and have that drive and have what it takes to be a coach. So how, how do you determine, you know, who your program is right for and who it's not right for? Yes. That was also the beauty, by the way, of running that first beta round, because you learn as you do. And I, I think that's an important thing to remember too. You can do all the planning and prep and I did, but sometimes you don't really see how things work until you get into it. And that was very much the case for me with determining who is the right fit for my program. And what I discovered was that people who are inherently curious, who are open-minded, and who have the ability to hold a thought and hold an opinion, but not necessarily voice it immediately, who can give their clients space to work through some of the issues and questions on their own so that they come up with their own solutions. And then of course, if there's space and if it's appropriate to do so, we can request permission and share some of our thoughts. But really our job as coaches is not to come in and tell our clients what to do. It's to ask the right questions and to create a container in which the client can explore these issues, start to link concepts and make sense of things so that they start seeing their own path and can kind of determine their next steps. We're there to support them, to guide them. And I think that was the tricky part with the first cohort, which was some people came in with the impression that they needed to be experts in everything. They needed to know exactly what to tell their clients to do and how to do it. 
And if anything, it was almost a deep sigh of relief for them to realize you don't have to do that as the coach. You are the expert in the coaching process. You are the expert in building and nurturing relationships. You are the expert in asking powerful questions, but you are not the expert in your client or their life or their needs. They are. So let's honor that and let's allow those two expertises to, to mix and mingle because that's where the magic happens. I love that you said that. I, I just learned something, you know, I, you know, thought that you would need to be, you know, kind of an expert in, in that area. And I'm sure there's, there's certain things that you want to be an expert in, you know, what you're coaching, but I love that you just said that you don't have to know everything <laughs> to get started. You don't, you don't. Now, of course, there is a reason your clients are coming to you. Mm -hmm. And it's likely because of your past experiences, your training, your expertise. And so, yes, you do bring with you knowledge and wisdom that will be very useful to your clients. And there is a way to share that with them to expand what's possible for them, to encourage them, to empower them, but not to steamroll them and not to, mm -hmm. not to tell them what to do. And, and that's a bit of a fine line to dance sometimes. That's definitely something that we explore in the certification program. So it's, it's about kind of honoring your experience, but also approaching the relationship in a way where we're centering the client's agenda, their needs, and we're focused not just on outcome and results, but also on process, because how we accomplish things in my mind is just as important as what the result is. Interesting. I love that. Okay. So if there's a listener who is thinking, okay, maybe I want to get into the coaching business, what advice would you give them? Yes. So first and foremost, I would start with kind of an internal review, an internal reflection, if you will. I think it's so easy to look outside ourselves for, um, for validation and to figure out, okay, I see a need out there. How can I fill that need? But I think when we take action that is grounded in what matters most to us, our, our core values, if you will, when we're clear on what those are, when we know what our purpose is or purposes, if you will, um, and we understand that coaching then becomes an expression of who we are rather than an extension of who we are, I think that's a really powerful shift because a lot of us who go into coaching, we're naturally drawn to helpers and healers. Like this is, this is who we are. And we get a lot of value from serving other people, but if we're not careful, that can become a huge part of our identity. And then all of a sudden we base our self worth on how helpful we are, how we're serving our clients, what successes they're having. And that can be a really dangerous trap to fall into. So instead, I think if we start from a place of this is what matters most to me, and these are my natural skills and talents, how can I weave all of this together to create a foundation for a coaching business that then can serve other people? I think that that needs to come first. I love that. And so are there different ways in which your clients end up coaching? You know, I, I guess I, I think of the traditional ways of coaching with whether it's a group program or a course or, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, are there other paths that people can take? Because I'm sure there's some introverts out there who are scared to death of, you know, group coaching or courses. 
Yes. So to your point, there are a myriad number of ways that we can serve people. And I find great value in one-on-one coaching. And I know, and, and I've, I've done it too, where it's been like, okay, but if you want to grow, we need to think about how you can serve more people. That is one model. Okay. It is absolutely fine to want to grow and scale your business through group programs, through a course, through a book, through a podcast. And it's equally valid to say, no, I really love one-on-one work. That's my sweet spot. And that's where I want to stay. So I would say you do not have to enter coaching with the assumption that in order to be successful or in order to grow, you have to move away from one-on-one work. You you don't. Um, So that's, that's the first thing. And, and I think the other thing too, is with, even within the certification program, I am teaching coaching approaches, coaching skills, techniques and tactics that you can use. And sometimes you need to know the rules so that you know when to break them. And that's the other thing too, is that I don't want to churn out a bunch of cookie cutter coaches from my programs. I do want them understanding the coaching fundamentals. I want them mastering the ICF core competencies for coaching because those demonstrate your proficiency as a coach. And I want you to feel free to create your own style and your own approach to working with your clients. And if it's informed by what I'm sharing in my programs and it's consistent with the core competencies, excellent. And if it's yours, like that, that's what I want. I want each one of my coaches to graduate from my program knowing, yeah, this is, this is what I stand for. This is why I'm called to be a coach. And this is how I coach the people in, in my business. I love that you just said that. (laughs) You can do it your own way. I love that so much. Yeah, I'm not interested in putting myself out there as the person who knows the way, the one right way to do something. Mm -hmm. I just, I find that disempowering. I find it disingenuous. And, you know, I know what works for me and I know how to share these core principles in a way that will resonate with my students and with my clients, but hopefully it's from a place of inspiration and expansion. I want them taking that and running with it and, and creating new things. Um, because that's, that is exciting to me to see how, you know, the seed of a thought that is planted in a coaching session to see how a client or a student can take that and run with it and create something new. I mean, that's beautiful. That's, that's the ripple effect in action. Yeah. I mean, how wonderful for you to get to see that and witness your clients going out there and, you know, they're changing lives and you're changing lives. And it's just, it's amazing to see that. It is. It is. Thanks. I love that. So you have a podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I am the host of the the coach with clarity podcast. And that's where we exist of coaching. So it's a little bit of everything. There's certainly solo episodes where it's just me on the mic, uh, talking about what it takes to be a successful coach, what it takes to run a sustainable business. Uh, so we'll explore some of the craft of coaching, how to build relationships, what to do when things get a little sticky. We also explore some of the business elements of coaching, marketing sales. Um, if you do want to do, uh, one-to-many programs like group coaching programs or courses. Uh, And then I also 
kind of mix it up a bit. Sometimes we'll have someone on and do a live coaching call. So it's me coaching someone on air. Those are always fun. And then I also love to bring people on the show who are experts in their own fields, who can talk about how, what they specialize in, how that ties into the world of coaching. Um, so it's, it's a fun show. I've been doing it now for a little over two years and, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, podcasting is just a, a medium that I love. I love hosting. I love being on other people's shows. I just, I just think it's a, a wonderful way to connect with people. Um, I'm a huge podcast listener myself and I, I feel so connected to the hosts. I, I think it's called a parasocial relationship where you kind of feel like, you know, someone, um, I totally do that. And so I just think that there's, there's something about podcasting that brings people together. Um, and I'm just really proud to be a part of that community. That's awesome. And what a genius way for you to really showcase what you do by having those actual coaching sessions on your podcast. People can really get a good idea of whether or not they want to work with you. So that's genius. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yes. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I haven't done one of those calls in a while in part because um, sometimes people will say, I'm really nervous. You know, I'm, I'm nervous to, to be coached on air. And I respond by saying, I know I'm really nervous too, to coach you on air. Like we're both doing something that feels scary and vulnerable, uh, which is why I'm really clear that if at any point, either one of us feels like this isn't working or we don't want it aired, it won't. Um, it's really important to me that every guest, but especially my coaching clients feel that they retain consent at every point of the relationship. And, and that goes for, for podcasting as well. Um, so it's not been an issue to date. It's actually one of those things where once we get in the call before, you know, it, 30, 40 minutes have gone by and it's like, oh my gosh, that was great. Um, but the nerves at the beginning that happens to coaches too, as well as clients. And so I'm a firm believer in rather than avoiding it or trying to just kind of brush it under the rug, let's call it out for what it is, you know, let's make space for it. And then let's decide, you know, how we want to move forward with it. I love that. That's awesome. So if the listeners want to connect with you or learn from you, where can they find you? The best place to find me is over on my website, coachwithclarity.com. That's where you can find out more about the podcast, the certification program, uh, my membership program, which is more of a continuing education model. All of that is at the website. And then if you are on social media, you can find me on Instagram at coachwithclarity. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. This has been a lot of fun. I've so enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lee as much as I did. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, training is a great way to pivot or augment a coaching experience. Even coaches need coaching. Number two, interested in accreditation? Not only do coaching certificates confer a great knowledge base, they also provide a lab for us to learn about ourselves along the way. Number three, the job of a coach is not to tell clients what to do, but rather to provide a container for them to discover and feel supported in pursuing the path that's right for them. Number four, the coach's work is to identify and facilitate clients' direction, not define them. It's the going, not the getting there. Remember that coaching is about the process. And number five, prefer coaching one-on-one? -on -one? That's just fine. Scaling to bigger groups isn't for everyone. 
If you want more, head on over to DoriStewart.com for the show notes and links mentioned in this episode. Are you looking for a group of female entrepreneurs like you to ask questions and bounce ideas? Be sure to join my exclusive community for She Turned Entrepreneur Insiders on Facebook. We could all use some extra support. You can find the link at DoriStewart.com. Thank you so much for listening to the She Turned Entrepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with a friend, or leave a review. I'll see you next week. Thank you.